welcome to Scareberia. I'm Grace. I'm Beth. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's uh, for those of you who are teachers, you'll understand. It's the week before March break, so we're just counting the days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have some good stories this week. Mm-hmm. I got a little, a little juicy one. And I'm doing something a little bit different. I am doing something different. I'm not really. I'm actually going outside of Ontario again. No, I'm not going to the States. I'm going to the West. So, West of Canada. Am I starting? I'm excited for yours. Yeah. It's going to be cool. So, it's actually not a very long one, but it's a very cool one. Yeah, so how, Beth, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for mine. Mine is, it was famous of its time, but I didn't know about it until I started researching it, but it's uh, it's in the heart of the good old T-Dot, so it's very Torontonian. So before we actually start our podcast, as you guys know, we're both educators here. And in Toronto, the school boards have begun uh, rather receiving emails from the Toronto police about the whole Momo incident. Yeah, I just we had a brief meeting about that today. Yeah, it's it's pretty messed up. Yeah. If you guys are not familiar with Momo, you guys probably know because if you do listen to this podcast, you guys who know Momo is that really terrifying bug eye lady who apparently was part of an art installation in Japan a few years ago when someone took a photo of it and now has made it into this weird, creepy meme YouTube thing. Like the story that she goes and she makes people basically challenges children to inflict pain on themselves and other people. And there's horrific, apparently, quote unquote, consequences if they don't follow along. And the scary part is, is that these things will pop up on your YouTube feed, even if you're not looking for it. And sometimes in the middle of just like random videos. So it'll start like with a, I don't know, who do the kids look like? A Sean Mendes music video. And then this Momo character will pop up and issue this challenge. So parents just be very watchful out there. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Yeah. In my years of teaching, I've never had to deal with the experience of this. Like yeah. through this magnitude of like, where it's becoming a threat. And we're actually it could potentially it's now reaching to our students. Yeah. They could potentially it could happen affect them. So that's yeah. pretty scary. And even if your kids just keep an ear open it because I've had I teach younger students and I've had them mention it to me already. That's creepy. Yeah. Well, you did have the one student that was obsessed with Slenderman. That was <laughs> that was cool though. That was a bit different. He's he, very his parents creative. were very aware of that, and it was he saw a commercial once and he just gravitated. He knew it was fake though. He reassured me every time. Sunderman's not real, so I appreciate it. It's okay. One of my students wrote in her uh, in her journals that she would like to be a zombie bride. So nice, yeah, nice. So I thought and I did pretty- that one kid who did the whole slasher boys dance for me, which was awesome. Oh, I know kids can be so creative. Yeah. Sorry, we just had a little PSA there because I think it's it's important that people be aware of it. Yeah. So if you are a parent, or if you know of little children, and if you babysit, or you have a little brother or sister or nephew or niece, whatever, yeah, you you may want to just like. Be wary of this because it is a true threat. Yeah, it's it, it's when it's coming from the public health department. It's pretty serious. Yeah. On that note, so like so I said, yeah. it works. <laughs> so I'm excited because I leave in a few days to go back to New Orleans. I'm not saying it. I super hate you, excited, but I hate you in the best loving way possible. As, I'll just live vicariously. As M from That's Why We Drink. <laughs> I love her saying, I "Love your hair, hate your guts." Yeah. I think that's very fitting for it me right now. Probably, yeah. I'm excited for you though. I like that saying. Love your hair, hate your guts. So I cannot take any credit for that one because I was M who came up with that. So, yeah. So my story, I'm going to be covering the Falcon Lake UFO. So excited. I know. So if you are not familiar, sit back, relax, grab yourself a beverage, or because you're in Canada, a cannabis 
of your choice. Oh, yeah, that's legal now. Legal yeah. chocolate, or if you partake in vaping, or gummies. Or just do what I do and just get a big thing of uh, Diet Coke and a... Uh, yeah, do that. Or tea. So like I said, a lot of people are probably not familiar with this. If you are from the Manitoba and kind of like west part of Canada, this is a story. But it happened many years ago, right? Like it happened in the 60s. Yeah, the story is quite interesting because I'll be look, covering one is very brief about it. So on June 18th, 1960, a prospector told the Yellowknife RCMP detachment that a month earlier, he and his partner saw a UFO at Klang Lake. I'm not too sure exactly where that is. Yeah. It says about 48 kilometers or 30 miles north of Yellowknife. So that's one incident, 1960. Mm-hmm. That's in Yellowknife. Now, according to UFOologist Chris Rutowski, the men claimed that they saw an object hovering about four to six feet wide and hit the surface of the lake. So apparently the RCMP went to go investigate but found nothing. So that is one incident. So that was 1960. Now, in 1967, on May 1967, May 20th to be exact, Stephen Malik, or Mitchlock, I forget, I forget how it's pronounced. It's, I think it's Mitchlock, I'm pretty sure. Another prospector, there's a theme here. Do you guys see that? They're both prospect. like these are prospectors. Well, if it's, if it's north of Yukon, of Yellowknife. <laughs> but the, apparently this guy is another prospector, but he was not like a, I think he was like, I'm not sure I was doing research on him, but it's like he's like, was like a novice. Prospector, it's not like he did this for a living. So he was apparently thus he was searching for minerals along Falcon Lake, Manitoba, as he heard a cackling of geese. And I just, I just like that. I just love how sometimes cackling of geese. Again, I got this from like my resources. Like my resources are from like Wikipedia and other like what's the other one? How things are made. So it's like these different stories. I just love how they're so descriptive. A cackling of geese. He looked up into the sky and it was that early afternoon when he saw two glowing oval-shaped objects on the steep, swift distance. One abruptly apparently stopped in its downward flight and another one continued landing on a flat rock outcropped about 160, almost 200 feet away from where Stephen was. I'm just going to call him Stephen because I don't want to butcher his name. Carefully <laughs> approached the strange craft, which looked like a bowl with a dome on top. So... Kind of like spherical. A spherical? Oh, right. yes, a sphere. I just, yeah. An ellipse. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I kind of I picture like a mushroom cap kind of thing, kind of oh, idea. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, that's more like it. So I was thinking of a bowl with another bowl on top, not a bowl with an indent on the end. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, you know what I mean? Like, it was like a mushroom yeah, kind of like, I don't know sense. why. I just think of like a bowl with a dome on top. So that yeah, was, I guess it'd be like a mushroom with like a, I don't know. So I'm just picturing my head. So apparently it's 40 feet wide and 50 <laughs> feet. What? Like, no, of all these aliens coming out with, like, a mushroom cut from, like, 90s. <laughs> no, they're going to have, like, the Beatles haircut. <laughs> Straight, like, the Devin Sawa. Yes. From, like, 1990. Oh, no. Sorry, I digress. Continue your story. That's funny. Now I actually picture these aliens, these greys with, like, Beatles haircut. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And now they have, like, Liverpool accents. <laughs> Oh, that's actually quite funny. Uh-huh. So apparently it's like, I said, 40 feet wide and 15 feet high, emitted a humming sound and a sulfur stench. Oh. So, oh. It's always oh. the sulfur. It's always the sulfur. I hope you had salt. On the bottom half, just below the rim of the bowl. Sorry, guys, I don't know why that's funny. I don't know why either. Because we're talking about salt in the rim of the bowl and all I can think of is margaritas. I think it's 
something completely different. <laughs> oh, boy. So apparently the rim of the bowl was a door-like opening from which muffled voices admitted, and they sounded like humans. He reported, I was able to make two distinct voices, one of the higher pitch and then the other. No, I can think of, hey, look at that guy. With but that's what I'm telling haircut. you. So when I was reading this, and now you said the bowl haircut, now I want to do a really poor Liverpool accent as I'm reading this, and that's what I'm picturing. That's what I'm picturing, too. Now these guys go to the Beatles. It's 1967. Right. Hey, who's that guy with the long hippie hair? I can't do the accent. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm picture of these alien Beatles with a margarita. <laughs> Put the lime in the coconut. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, sorry. I just, these stories are just so funny sometimes. Oh, they're awesome. So thinking he was dealing with a terrestrial craft. That's another hard word for me to say today. He addressed the speakers in several languages. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, forgot <laughs> I just thought it was funny. He's like, hola. <laughs> Mihao. <laughs> Como estas? Like, I'm just picturing Aloha. Bonjour. Like, you know, he's like trying, like, as he put in his, list. like, little dictionary of, like, of words. I'm like, this is before, like, they had the apps, right? So yeah. I'm just thinking, like, yeah, this guy's really smart, but he's just picture. Oh, man. Oh, God. And he asked if he could help. Sorry, I just think yeah, this is funny. Is there anything more Canadian than, like, a super terrifying aircraft and be like, hey there, guys, uh, you need some help? You want to go on eh? the Tim's, what we call a CAA for your spacecraft? That's right. Unlike the Americans, we don't have AA. We have CAA. So there's a little reference there. That's so funny. He got the answer no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not making fun of this story because apparently it's like a legit. It's actually, no, it's been recorded on CBC. Yeah. But just love it's, how they interpret this. Like, just like, <laughs> hey guys, you need any help? No. <laughs> right? That's what I thought of too. Maybe, it's like, maybe it's like, he invaded it. Maybe he, they were doing something. Or it's like, it was like, it was like this couple of terrestrials who were like on a road trip and like one of them would crash the car and the other one's like so pissed. Like, no, we don't need help. I did not take the left turn. Why are you distracting me? Or maybe they're like galleons. They could be gay aliens who are... Who knows if they even have gender. Gender. Exactly. I don't know why I said that. I don't know. I met up with her. I just felt like, yeah, maybe. Oh, it's gender fluid aliens. Exactly. They have no... someone still doesn't ask for directions. No. Yeah, it sounds like a husband, you know, like, or like the, usually the male when he asks for directions. No, I don't don't know where I'm going. (gasps) Maybe it is a couple. Maybe it's an old married couple and the husband took the wrong turn. You're right. And they just, and they crashed. And for whatever he, reason, or like he spilled his what, galaxy version of coffee all over the console, and like, or his margarita, or his margarita, and anyhow, please. I just love that. Fast. No, no, <laughs> he got the answer. No, and apparently, okay, this guy doesn't stop. So apparently, he poked his head through the opening of the interior, seeing only a maze of lights. I gotta give this guy. This guy is like brave, brave or stupid. I'm sorry. That's yeah. There's yeah. a fine line, as my dad says, a fine line between, was it, a genius and a jackass? Yeah. And so, I'm sorry, if I saw something, I'd be running from the other direction. Yeah, I would not be hanging, I'd be hiding somewhere. Yeah, so, oh gosh, sorry, I gotta stop. <laughs> I just love that he said no. So, he apparently poked his head through. At the moment, a three-panel door slid across, sealed the door opening. As Stephen stepped back, he touched the vehicle's exterior, and it was so hot that it actually burnt his gloves. It's actually pictures. You can actually get images to see his glove. So suddenly, the object rose, expelling hot air through a a grid-like vent, causing Stephen's shirt to erupt in flames, an attack on his, all of a sudden, almost like a nausea attack over him. 
and he got violently ill, which is not fun. So again, do not poke your head where not where shouldn't be poking. Where aliens say no. Where exactly? If aliens are saying no, dude, listen. So apparently, Stephen went and doctors examined him in Winnipeg Hospital a few hours later. They noted that he had dramatic burn patterns all across his chest, mm-hmm. exactly like the grid had described on the UFO's underside. So now I'm just picturing like him yeah. like crawling under like, this mushroom cap. What's the margarita. You guys okay? The, you, the margarita you guys mushroom. okay? The margarita mushroom. And they said that his health issues continued and persisted yeah. to the point where he actually had bring him to Minnesota's Mayo Clinic the next year. Because his health just totally was depleted. Uh huh. So I just thought was kind of weird. So apparently, investigations by the officials and civilian bodies uncovered no evidence of the UFO hoax. So it was like a big investigation in the nineteen sixties because they probably kept him in check for medical, you know, injuries, but also mental. Mm-hmm. They're probably like, okay, this guy is probably not. He's probably seen things, or he's probably like had it banged his head. So they kept him in, but his health persistently got worse. Yeah. Which is kind of scary. And as it later, 1975, a member of the Canadian Parliament complained that the government had not released its findings. So, yeah. kudos to that. That was in 1975 that yeah. even 70, the member of Parliament was saying, hey, how come this has not been brought out? Right. So, the hush, hush. So, yeah. And that is the story of the UFL Falcon. I love that story. And I think it's so cool because isn't it like one of the only... Wants to be like government, government document, document, and not only that, it's actually done. It said CBC actually interviewed a guy on this. I actually going to post it on our Facebook about it, and it's a well known story. And like, it's yeah. it's not like they're hidden it. Like CBC is people who don't live in Canada. CBC is our Canadian broadcasting channel, and it's our equivalent of like NPR. It's, it's a big, huge news indicates radio, television. And it's well known for being very. Thorough in its investigation and not... It's not biased yeah, either because yeah. it's not government. So these it are... Puts, it's known for good investigative journalism. Well, it is government. Well, it's about government trying to cut it. But CBC is a great... Like I said, they are very serious journalists. Like, we yeah. listen to CBC all the time. So it is an interesting story. The interview, like I said, I'll post it on our Facebook. is actually quite interesting because it does talk. I just find it interesting that they're prospectors. Yeah. It's not like hikers go there. Like, I'm just saying, how many yeah. people live through there? who've gone around there. And it'd be also interesting to know about the First Nations experience. People who yeah. live out there, like if they've had experienced that. So, sorry, what province was this? Again? Manitoba. So it's one was a yellow... Like Manitoba, Alberta, it's all alien stuff. Yeah, well, they remember in um, Winnipeg, they yeah. actually created that... Launch, the Welcome Launchpad. Welcome launch, yeah. yeah. I can't say that. Welcome yeah. Launchpad for it's the a, aliens. It's a cool story. If you guys get a chance to check it out. Like, mm-hmm. It's... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's pretty intense. It's... But, I, again, I just find it interesting, the correlation between two prospectors. Yeah. If I remember correctly, too, this guy, one other thing that was kind of, like, cool about this guy was that he was, like, a really well-respected, intelligent person. Yes. It wasn't, like, just some guy out drinking with his buddies. It was, like, the first time that someone who was considered a, quote-unquote, stable witness. He is actually very a very credible, stable yeah. witness. No issues with mental health. That's why... It was so... It, it was such a uh, profound, you know, case because people are like, okay, this guy is not... Quote, unquote, I like to use the term crazy. Yeah. But right. he's mentally stable, sound. He'd stand up in court. Basically. He would stand up in court, absolutely. And so for this to happen, but also not only to happen, like to have physical ramifications like yeah. that happen right there and then, and then later on that persisted. Yeah. That's scary. It makes me wonder if those ships were powered by magnets or if it was by something else. Who know. knows? 
Because Magnus can do all sorts of crazy things. It doesn't say if he saw if there were greys or anything, right? Because it, it had no mention Yeah, of he that. didn't see any of them. He just saw the hallway of light, right? Mm-hmm. And the voices. And the voices, and he heard the no? No. Maybe they didn't even know it was there. They were talking to each other, and he was just like, I'm going to back away slowly. Uh, Is it the ship broken? No. Okay, exactly. let's go. The poor guy didn't even know he was there. No. No, so, yeah. If anybody has their own alien encounters. Yes, let us know. I'm fascinated. I, I used to be extremely terrified of aliens, like, to the point where if anyone even mentioned them, I'd, like, freak out and have nightmares. Now I'm really intrigued by this whole concept. I feel about the Kardashians. <laughs> well, I told you this story about my brother and I when we yeah. were younger. I actually have had two of them, where we mm-hmm. actually, I saw one with my brother. Another time was by myself about four or five years ago. And so... This one, my brother and I talk about this till this day. So it was a summer evening. My parents had their friends over. It was like some barbecue, like a party. And my brother and I were the front of our house. Just we're playing things, soccer, football with a bunch of friends. Everybody left. My brother and I just sat there and looked under, you know, laying on our back, looked at the stars. And we saw it looked like the stars, you know, combined. And it just kind of grew in together and made a triangle. And it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, and both my brother and I looked at each other <coughs> and we said, holy shit, are you seeing this? And we both like, we were just both gobsmacked. I'm like, this is just crazy, right? Yeah. And we ran out to the backyard to tell our parents. And my parents probably thought, like, well, they were drinking, so never mind. They would have been credible witnesses. <laughs> but we were sober. Like, we were kids, right? I'm yeah. like, this is, this is, like, are you seeing this? Yeah. Fast forward, you know, a few years later. Again, this would probably be 2015. When I saw something similar in the sky, driving home, summer night, again, late, and I saw these stars coming together, and it kind of made the same almost shape. Yeah. That that night, apparently, a lot of people in Toronto made some comment about seeing a weird object shape in the sky. Beyond the darkness, they actually yeah. had a ufologist. He was actually, I forget what his name is. He's actually Canadian. Dave interviewed him, and they talked about, he talked about that. No evening way. in July in, in like 2014, 2015. So it was quite interesting. So I, I, I'm like, okay, I was not going crazy. No, nope, I did see it again. So I saw it twice again. Yeah, I was wearing my glasses like I'm wearing now. When <laughs> I wear my glasses, I have to wear them at night time to drive. So it's all like again. My sorry, I was like, it's like I was even wearing my glasses. I was guys. wearing my glasses. So like my, you know, it's gonna say my astigmata. My astigmatism. <laughs> That's a whole other concern. Don't go to the like, you know, because I have to wear them because my yeah. eyes are not the best at nighttime. Yeah. Stigmata, <laughs> my stigmata comes out at night. Do not go to the eye doctor for that issue. No, exactly. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that was like the weirdest thing. So, I've always been fascinated with yeah. aliens ever since I was oh, a kid because of it. They scared the crap out of me until recently. Now, I'm all like, I love all the theories that are floating around now. Like, it's, it's people we figured out time travel and it's like future humans coming back. The like, race, yeah. So there's so there's so many theories of what we think aliens are. Yeah, and that's what I find interesting. That was sorry, Beth. Beth was I, having her snack. She went to go reach for a snack. She's like, "Oh no, I'm not gonna have my snack right now." It's carrots and celery. It would just be a whole kettle of oops, crunchiness. <laughs> so before you delve yeah. into yours, I'm gonna do our random Canadian facts. And now for some random Canadian facts. Okay, so everybody thinks Canada. And that us Canadians are always polite and meek and mild and mannered. Most people think. Most people think. Okay. Well, we do say we sorry a lot. We do say sorry a we lot. We do say sorry a lot. Anyhow, 
we may have this reputation of being these meek, mild, quiet individuals, but we're pretty messed up people. Pretty, like, pretty, like, morbid when it comes to certain things. Like, when we name, specifically, when we name various locations and areas of Canada, and you're like, okay, how do like well let me just give you an example from newfoundland okay i'm just gonna name a few there conception bay and dildo enough said so that is something totally different this this is definitely not the episode i'll be telling my mom to listen to no oh, my parents and i always laugh about that one so canada has some like i said creepy sounding communities such as blood vein river poison creek burnt arm deconstruction bay goblin skull creek Hatchet Cove, Bone Town, Gore Bay, and Coffin Cove. Wow. Yeah. I like Coffin Cove because I'm just picturing cool. that as like pirates. I posted this actually on our Insta, the What's Your Favorite All-Star Book. There's that yes. part in the, the horror amusement park where you're in a coffin and you float down the creek. That's what I was thinking. There we go. There you can name a whole like amusement park called Coffin Cave Coffin amusement Cave. park. Now this one kind of... It's a little bit, little bit near and dear to me. Sorry. Coffin Cave Amusement Parks. Sponsored by Ricola. <laughs> Sorry. I'm well, this actually... Um, okay, so that actually goes into our next fact because it's actually quite funny. They go together. So, in 2010, Canada had 13,684 people working in the funeral industry. That seems low to me. Mm-mm. Listen to this. Between... But think how smaller population is, right? That's true, yeah. Between... 1996 and 2006, the number of female funeral directors and embalmers almost doubled. And in 1996, 270 women worked as professions as compared to 1,300 women in 2006. Good for them. So, and I, I just near and dear to me because I worked at the funeral home. Did, yeah. Both my brother and I worked at the funeral home. Yes, we're one of those out of family, morbid families. My brother and I worked at the funeral home. Neither of our parents did, but I kind of grew up in the funeral home. Mm-hmm. I then I ended up working at the funeral home. One of the best jobs I ever had. So I thought it was pretty fun. I have a friend who is a funeral director. So her and I always talk about this. I had a friend who went through school to become a funeral director. It wasn't easy well, to get first. No, it's but she almost completed the program, except she found out partway through that she's like horribly allergic to the embalming fluid. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even know you could be allergic to that. But she oh, had it's such a horrible reaction to it. She had to, like, leave the program because she couldn't do it anymore. That smell, I can actually still smell it in my nostrils because it is, like, yes, working yeah. at a funeral home. But, no, like, she's, like, like if she touches someone who's been embalmed, her hand will start swelling. swelling up. Yeah, it's crazy. It's sad. That's yeah. too bad. But, yeah. like I said, like, that's, like, if, you, if you've never been to your home, yeah. well, if people have been to your home, I'm sure you did. The smell and everything. It's so a very unique smell. It's yeah. a very unique smell of flowers and certain... Oh, to this day, I cannot have lilies in my house. I That's mean carnations. Yeah. Because working at your home, majority oh, of the people who brought were carnations. Yeah. So I have to tell you guys a really funny story with that. And then I'm done. But when Chris and I first got married, he moved to New York. Yeah. And he got transferred for a few months. So I was going back and forth. So it was like our first month anniversary he wanted to send me flowers and he specifically said to them no carnations what did they do they sent me a whole bouquet of carnations (laughs) (laughs) and that was hilarious like i called him like is this a joke he's like why and i said there's a big bouquet of carnations he's like no there's not and 
Yeah, he's like, I told them not to give you carnations. I said not to. That's so funny. So uh, it was actually quite funny. That is pretty hilarious. Yeah. That's a good one. So, yeah, and that is our random Canadian facts. Oh, so good for you. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you. I was biting my tongue so hard. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. That's so, so cool. Yeah, so That's Beth. Awesome. It's now right, so. the floor is yours. So my story is about a historic haunting. So it's about a haunting that's historic, as well as the story's historic. But it's not a haunting anymore. Oh. Let is me tell it, you a little bit. It's a very bit mixed up. Is it like the... Is it like what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of A story? little bit. Mostly it's because we things burn down in Canada and we don't rebuild them. Why? It seems like every episode of ours, we're always something talking about Canadians down. burning down. Like, get Canadians drunk no, and we're going to burn something down. Yeah. Yeah. That is my theory on Canadian history. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the Grand Opera House. It doesn't exist anymore. If you go there, it is now the Scotia Plaza. Mm-hmm. And really the only indication, aside from newspapers and stuff like that, that it ever exists is there's a little tiny alley called Grand Opera Alley or Lane, something along those lines. So basically, it opened in 1874. And if you're from the Toronto area, you know it's Adelaide Street West and Young Street. And it was like the concert hall back in the day. It had 1,750 seats. Wow. And it's kind of claim to fame was it was the first in the city to feature gas lights that could be turned on and off with a switch, with an electrical switch. So you could just Ooh. flip on one switch and all the gas lights would go on. Bougie. Then off, yeah, it was fancy back then. And because it was so fancy, it got to all like the best known performers. So people like Morris Barrymore. I thought you said, I thought you were going to say Morrissey. Yeah, I'm <laughs> a little later. I can never tell. Is it Morris or Maurice? Let's go with Maurice. Maurice Barrymore. Yeah. Henry Irving. Give people random names. Let's just give people random names. I drew all the time. Henri. Henri Irving. And actually, Oscar Wilde (laughs) came to lecture. Oscar Wilde. Oscar Wilde came to to do lectures there. So it was, and actually it was kind of cool because during the first few years it opened, it was run by this woman called, oh, what was her name? I think it's Charlotte Morrison. And she basically was a former actress, but she was, like, the Ed Mervish of her time. Like, she ran theater in Toronto back then. That's, which that's is badass. Pretty badass to be a woman back then uh-huh. running the stuff. So, this place was rumored to be haunted by two different spirits. Well, two different groups of spirits. The first one was said to be of a stagehand carpenter. And the story was they had a huge fire at the theater back in 1879. And sadly, in this fire, the stagehand, as well as his wife and daughter, perished. Mm. So after that, they rebuilt, reopened, and all these performers said that they saw, you know, figures walking where there is nobody there, disembodied voices, that Mm. eerie feeling. So that's the first kind of haunting that kind of took over that became a legend there. Mm -hmm. And the second one is the much more juicy of the two. It's actually one of Canada's unsolved mysteries. We can't say murder because there was never a body found, but mysteries. Can we say unsolved Disappearance? We can't say that. That's a good one. Disappearance. I don't know why. I, I just totally did jazz hands. Disappearance. So basically, there's this guy named Ambrose Small. And he was a kind of a mover and shaker in the whole Toronto scene. And he started buying theaters. And he was kind of... He, was, he had a bit of that, like, playboy lifestyle. Love the ladies. Love the gambling was kind of famous for bringing, like, scandalous acts to, like, all of his theaters. Mm-hmm. A little bit more 
They risque? It's risque. He was actually rumored to have, like, an apartment or a unit within the Grand... Oh, whatever this place is called. What am I talking about this year? <laughs> Today? Grand Opera. <laughs> the Grand <laughs> Opera House, where he would, like, entertain ladies. Oh. So he was very gambled, all that stuff. But eventually, whether it was to kind of save his reputation or because he actually fell in love, we don't know. He met this lovely lady named Teresa, who was kind of like his complete opposite. She was like a super devout Catholic, didn't gamble, spent most of her time helping the poor. Like very, wow, very t- like chill. She's very pious. Very pious. That's a good word. Yeah. So very opposite. And they were married for like 17 years. Wow. Although most people tend oh, no. to think what happened? she came from money. So most people tend to think it was more of a marriage of convenience than an actual love match. And during that 17 years of marriage, Small apparently had, besides from several like random mistresses, one mistress that he kept for quite a while. Okay. Every time I think, I think of keeping, it's like, I keep my shoes in this closet here. Well, he had that room. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Mm. I don't know. I'd like to know what skeletons are in his closet. Right. Well, here's the cool thing. It got to the point where he's like, yeah, I'm done with the theater life. I need to move on. So he sold the Grand Opera House and a couple other theaters for a million dollars. Which wow, was back, back then? then? And I think, it was, I think it was like, if I have it right, it was a million dollars up front and then 700000 later in installments. Holy crap. Like this guy was loaded, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Shit, One son. million. That's uh, a lot of the money. The Trans Canada Theatres Limited, which was a British-owned firm, offered Smalls one million down and another 700000 being paid over five years. What year was this again? I was in 1919. Wow, that's a yeah. lot of money. Like that's ri- guys, like that's ri- like that's Oprah level money back in the day. <laughs> like that is, it was pretty crazy. So him and his wife was there. They signed the papers. Then both Ambrose and his wife Teresa went to the bank and deposited the check. That was all fine. Then they had lunch. After that, Ambrose went back to the Grand Opera House to you know do whatever he did, and then later met his attorney for a quick meeting. The thing is, after that, mm-hmm. Nada. Nobody heard a saw from him again. Really? He just up and disappeared. There were some people who said they thought they saw him getting pushed into a car. Actually, that's a lie. The last person to saw him was that normally around 5.30 at night, he'd stop at a newspaper stand on the way home. Mm-hmm. And apparently the guy who worked there said he stopped, he got the newspaper, and something in the newspaper made him like kind of pissy. And mm-hmm. that's why the guy remembered him. But that was the last anyone saw him. So he had been missing several days before the police were notified because apparently he wasn't out of his character to just, like, go off for a few days and not talk to anyone and come back. Like, just go off partying or gambling or debauchery and then come back. So, but once they realized he wasn't coming back, she, his wife called the police and the papers just went crazy about that. Oh, do you want to? Well, no, I just said, look how much that is, like, $100 back then. Was. So $100 in 1919 is about 1400 Today. Today. Yeah, so you can imagine, like, how crazy that would be. So, basically, the newspapers, and that brought up a whole bunch of stuff about his lifestyle and this and that. His wife actually offered a $50,000 reward for any information on the whereabouts of his husband. So, at one point, it was the largest manhunt in Canadian history. But still, there was, like, nothing to be found. As they were looking for Ambrose, they also started searching for John Daltrey, who was his secretary. So... Smalls no longer needed a secretary, but he made sure the new owners would keep this guy on when mm-hmm. he sold it. But apparently that did not make him happy. So he broke into Smalls' safety deposit box, stole a hundred grand, and started in victory bonds and started to run. So they eventually found the guy out in, like, out west. And, but he 
that everyone was like, oh, maybe he murdered him, but not the prevailing theory. Basically, in 2001, there was a, oh, like a document found from mm-hmm. one of the lead investigators, mm-hmm. and the lead investigator was like, totally the wife. I was totally going to ask. the wife. So most people thought she was, like, too good to be true. Some people thought, you know, maybe she had a lover and the two conspired to kill him. Other believes that it was her husband's bad behavior that just kind of pushed her over the end. Most people thought it was her. It's always, everyone thinks it's a wife because she's, like, jilted. It. and But yeah. she had enough money. She's like, screw you, ass. I'm, I'm out of thing, here. She was independently wealthy, so she didn't really need her husband's money. Unless she's just yeah. psychotic and she just liked to kill people because maybe she was into that. Basically, it's, it's recorded that the police chased up to 22,000 miles following up clues. 22,000 miles they put in going around checking clues. Wow. They even checked the furnace of the Grand Opera theater to see if there was like remains wow yeah but to this day nobody knows what happened and it took his wife Teresa 15 years in court to finally clear her name that she could collect the estate from her husband which I found was kind of interesting that it was really like because you know the patriarchy would have like gave the husband money a long time ago and they also think though too back then Catholics weren't really looked upon very positively in Toronto no and some people think Teresa had been incarcerated so ruthlessly because she was Catholic and had promised to donate most of the money from her husband's estate, if not all of it, to the Catholic Church. They were really like, no, we can't have the Catholic Church getting that much money in Toronto. And So he was officially declared dead in 1923, which is about four years after he disappeared. Hmm. So although the cases were closed in 1960, any tips that would trickle in were continued to be followed up by the police, which is kind of interesting hmm. that all those years later it was still... But yeah, so people sometimes think that he's haunting that area of the theater. We should go check that out. That would be... Well, here's the problem. Once, Basically, once the Winter Garden Theater got built, it was gone. Like, no one bothered to rebuild it after that. It just tore it down. No one cared anymore. But if you think about, like, still a lot of these places can have the residual, right? Like, because, like, unknown cases. Now, I'm just thinking about, like, maybe he just totally, like, peaced out. He's like, fuck this shit. Excuse my French. I yeah. just like, he's like, I'm peacing out. Maybe he just had enough of it and he just took but us. But you'd think there'd be a money trail. Like money would be missing. Like, you know what I mean? Unless he was sneaking it off somewhere. Unless he was like, you never know. Maybe. He, I did, know. he didn't, I don't know. The impression I got from reading was that he wouldn't be the guy to squirrel away money. He'd be nobody, the kind but to just it. Nobody, like, well, back then it was easy for people to disappear. Yeah. So that's the theory. Some people thought, you know, maybe his gambling debts got him into trouble. Maybe he was gambling with the wrong people, not made the wrong person angry, slept with the wrong person's wife, maybe his wife. It was just, to this day, nobody knows. Maybe he is one of the aliens that went to go visit Stephen. Maybe he's one of the... Maybe he's been abducted. He's the one who said no. So I just found the story interesting because there's all these reports of these hauntings before the building got torn down in 1927. So I just thought it was interesting. So if you anyone has ghost stories from the Scotiabank Plaza, send them our way. Chris used to work there. Oh, you have to ask him. Yeah. But yeah, so I thought that was kind of an interesting combo. It's sad because the first haunting no one really talks about because the Ambrose Small story is so huge. Well, because, no offense, but it's because the other, where blue-collar workers, nobody really cared about them. Yeah. It would be like if one of the guys from Shark Tank just up and disappeared nowadays. I'm trying to think of someone else who would be that kind of level of Elon Musk maybe except this guy was a bit more scandalous like in one of the books I was reading it's like the acts he brought in would be aligned to today's strippers and porn industry Elon Musk don't think I sent you the meme oh yeah. <laughs> she sent me you have to explain the meme to her so I, I said Beth a meme last week it was a funny story it was like a musk animal with an eel on top 
when it said Elon Musk. So it was the funniest thing in the world. I just that was I pretty know. good. It I was pretty, pretty hard. So yeah, that's uh, my story about Ambrose Small and the Grand Opera. Huh. It's a very interesting story. Of vaudeville over undershadowed by this whole disappearance of this guy that to this day is still not. Exactly. Well, it's a mystery, right? It's it's an unsolved mystery. We have a lot of those in Toronto. But the thing was that it was so well documented. And like it was so out in the newspapers and there was this huge reward. And you think someone for 50000 back in like 1919 well, would be willing to rat somebody out? Because that would be like huge. And you knew she was good for it. That's the part. Like, but also, it was easier for people to disappear back then, right? It no was, internet, yeah. no paper trails, basically. You could just have a new identity. Oh, yeah. You could just go. Right? Like, look at H.H. H. Holmes when he went around is, his identities. He kept a good track of his money. You're not going to be that successful in business without keeping good track of your money. Yeah, but he probably, I don't know. I don't know. Something about it just makes me think somebody That's, killed him. Yeah, well, I don't think he disappeared. I think someone just. Or. So, him. Yeah, but I don't know. Throw someone to like Ontario. Waited down back then? Oh, like exactly. Ontario's horrible well we did talk about it in the, the customs house yeah so that's my story i'm pretty sure someone killed him i'm like no, that's your story no, he didn't run away no it's i know your story you're sticking to it i'm sticking with it no so yeah so that was a little bit i i like it in the streets toronto i'm like now it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be that you know i'm gonna think about this all the time now there's, I'm sure there's tons. Can I just point out the, how awesome his name is, though? Ambrose Small? All these names. Armand, Ambrose. Um, I have a friend, her name, yeah, I have a friend that named their son Ambrose. No oh, uh, Such a cool name. Cool. See, every now is like Matthew or like Sean, oh. Ashley. With an I, E, or. Oh, yeah, the weird spellings. The weird spellings, yeah. And then they get mad at us when we don't pronounce it right. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I've never seen this spelling before. So, huh. yeah, so that's my story about I like Toronto it. murder mystery haunting. I, I, I knew some of it, but now I didn't know the extent of it. Well, I did. I knew about his name. I knew about Ambrose because he was a philanthropist back then. Everybody knew who he was, especially yeah. in Toronto. You know, you hear these stories even back, you know, yeah. over 100 years later. But I didn't know the extent of the story, especially with his wife and yeah. scandal. Yeah. And I wonder too, because like his wife would be constantly giving away money to people who need it, and he'd be like constantly being like, "I'm gonna go give it to this loan yeah. shark and gamble guy." Yeah. So, so I just have to point out, I got a new sweater. You do have an awesome. And it's sweater. like my new. I just have to, it's in my new record. I'm gonna take a picture take a of this. Photo. Yeah. It's from this awesome store. I'm not doing any plugs here, but it's an awesome store because I love their stuff. Sarapus, oh, okay. where they got anything kind of like goth and Halloween. And this sweater is like my new favorite recording sweater. So I'm going to be like the uh, the historical haunted podcast version of Mr. Rogers (laughs) when they come in. It's a beautiful day in our neighbor, and I'm going to put on my my haunted sweater. But we don't want to read it back. Uh, If you got it, haunt it. Should be our like our logo. Should be our uniform. So it's a creepy day in the neighborhood. It's a creepy day in the neighborhood. Would you haunt mine? I don't know. <laughs> that was so totally oh, well, That was so My bad. neighbor. But yeah, would you? Uh, don't possess my neighbor. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So, um, Good you, times. Do we need to do Magic 8-Ball today? <gasps> Magic 8-Ball. Yes. Let's oh, please do. So, since we're coming to March break. Yeah. And we have a couple cool things happening the next we do. few weeks. It's going to be great. So, we have a few road trips coming up. So, we're pretty... Or, sorry. Oh, yeah. Field trips. Field trips. When we get off here, we're going to... Yeah. You got to tell me some of those dates. 
Would you have a question, Beth? We could both ask a question. Okay. If you have one, go first, because I'm still thinking. Okay. So as you guys know, I'm going back to New Orleans, and we're going back to the Andrew Jackson. So I'd like to know, will we have a spooktacular time and a haunted encounter will this time? We have a haunted encounter. Well, we have a haunted encounter. And it says, yes! Woo! <laughs> That's exciting. I know. That's and it's going to probably exciting. be the most, like, it'll be Armand in his different Cheerios. <laughs> I had one of my students bust out their Cheerios, <laughs> and I died of laughter. I'm like, how come nobody else sees this? Like, this, like, this, that, that it oh, smells. It, the kids, well, babies smell like Cheerios. <laughs> Just saying. But it's only funny because now they have all the different kind of Cheerios, but they all have that same underlying smell. smell. They all have that basic Cheerio smell. Oh, I'm I sorry. It. No, it's true. I, I love me some multi cream, but it's true. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm asking. I'm just shaking the magic eight ball. Maybe. I'm having a field thing. trip. In our field trip. Well, we, we have, have a haunted experience on our next field trip. Ooh. Don't count on it. Son of a biscuit. <laughs> it's probably because I'm in the corner going, don't you dare show up. Don't you dare show up. Don't you dare show up. <laughs> Beth is probably going to no, 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 no. Oh, so awesome. So keep tuned because we have some really exciting guests and field trips coming up. Yes. The... Spirit yeah. Seekers. Spirit Seekers. They just passed. Okay. So that is an episode before this one this here. One. So okay. you guys, will, before you hear this one, you will hear those lovely ladies at Spirit Seekers. And yeah, like I said, we have a few field trips coming up in the next few weeks and months. It's going to be great. So uh, stay spooky. And remember, do like and review us on iTunes. Yes, Check please. us out on Instagram. And on Twitter. Yes. Go on Instagram right now. Tell us what your favorite Arlstein Goosebump book We've was. We've had from a few people, which is pretty yes. awesome. awesome. So we have people respond to that. And again, if you had any experiences yourself with the yes. UFO, like I said, it happened around 2014, 2015, July was the summer, or if you saw something like that in the skies, please do share this. When I was a kid, you know those big searchlights they have that they can flash up in the sky? Like Batman? Yeah. Well, we used to have this club in Scarborough called Rumors. Any of them flowing around. When I was a kid, I would see them, and I would panic thinking it's an alien because I didn't know it was searchlights from Rumors. Yeah. So once I got older, I figured that out. Crazy. Awesome. Okay, guys. Till then, stay spooky, stay awesome, and remember, it's haunted or is it history? You decide. Bye. Bye.